Welcome back to Nomics Grand Gaming Adventures, and this week I am reviewing a game called Total War Three Kingdoms, which was developed by the Creative Assembly and published by Sega. Currently sits at 82% positive overall on Steam. That's out of 50,000 reviews. Now, there's two key things to talk about in this episode. One is Total War, that series, and what it is, and then also the Three Kingdoms period. Now, I'm an American, so <laughs> I'm not even going to try to translate or to properly pronounce names because I will butcher it and I will likely offend somebody or at least make myself look really dumb. <laughs> so, more or less, I'm going to touch a little bit on Three Kingdoms. I'm not going to go too much in depth, but personal experience-wise, I've been a fan of the series Romance of the Three Kingdoms by Koei since... It was out on Super Nintendo, uh, the second game in that series, I would say about 1992. I was born in 86, so, I mean, I was six at the time. And I finally read the novel that it was based on, also known as The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, back in high school. That was over 20 years ago. So at this point, my memory of the novel is a little outdated, but I still am very passionate about the story. I still quite enjoy a lot of it. So when Total War decided to do a Three Kingdoms period, I was thrilled. The Three Kingdoms period is a period of the Han Dynasty, which essentially is the, the end of the Han Dynasty. It goes from around 180-ish um, AD to, I want to say around 287 AD, but I could be wrong on that. The overall story, anyway. And of course, the novel is a historical fiction, so it has some history that's accurate, but a lot of it is also fiction-based. And... A lot of the products that come out that are based on it are also fiction-based. A lot of the people that existed during these times did actually exist. A lot of them did do similar things, but a lot of it is falsified or deified in terms of making them into superheroes, so to speak. So that is essentially the Three Kingdoms period. It goes through a, a few different dynasties that end up rivaling to unify China. And in this game, you choose some of the factions during those times and you try to unify China through whatever means necessary or whatever means is the play style of the character that you choose. Now, Total War as a series, if you've never played one of those, it essentially is a game that kind of goes through a historical time frame. I think one of the earlier games were Rome, Total War, and it tries to design units and different elements that fit that era or fit that time and also kind of try to be accurate in terms of armor, weaponry, things like that. Now, I say try to be accurate because some of it's a little ridiculous. Some of the AI is atrocious in games like this, uh, but one of the elements is that when you send an army out, you actually meet on a battlefield and you can control your units. You can either choose to have a pause function enabled or you can have it disabled. And so you can kind of try to simulate what a battle would have been like in a commander position if the commander was in god mode, so to speak. Now, in Three Kingdoms Total War, some of those officers and whatnot are actually godlike. There's two different modes. There's Romance Mode, and then there's Records Mode. Records Mode tries to base it off of a little bit more realism in terms of the generals being killable. Also, on top of that, units getting tired faster. Romance Mode your officer could take out entire units without sweating. But I usually play in romance mode because, again, it's I, I really enjoyed the novel. So for me, I don't mind some of these 
godlike officers running around and destroying. <laughs> and it, it works both ways. The AI can have generals that are amazing and can stomp you as well. But yeah, essentially the game, you uh, choose a faction, depending upon what time frame you choose. There's about four or five different time frames. A lot of them are DLC, but the initial, I think, is one or two. And you choose a faction during that that is kind of a part of a coalition or a alliance or sits kind of itself in the uh, in the world and you try to survive and to take one of the seats of a dynasty the, uh, essentially as you play there can be three dynasties that form based on how many territories you own and whatnot usually when you get to be an emperor status the ai chooses to follow that suit so there will be three emperors claimed at the same time and at that point you try to dethrone the other emperors and to unify china that way there's diplomacy, so you can make alliances, do trade agreements, even make people into your vassals. Again, there's battles where, you, depending upon where you're fighting, if you end up encountering another enemy's army in a forest, it'll be a forest battle. You can do night battles, you can set trees on fire, you can set traps. If you take over an enemy settlement during that battle, there'll typically be watchtowers with arrows. There's obviously archers in the game that can pepper forces with arrows, and depending upon... If they're trained archers or if they're peasant archers, that type of thing, there's also morale that plays a part. So if there's a militia or any type of peasant units, those units tend to break first and flee. And then as soon as more units break, typically the army follows suit not too long from that. If you kill another person's general during a battle, morale drops significantly. So that plays a part in all the battles, essentially. In this game, there's also duels, so if you have a, a an officer that's relatively strong, you can set him up to do a duel with the enemy officer, and you get to sit there and kind of watch them hack and slash each other. But yeah, it's mostly a command game where you command units around. Now, outside of battles, you again claim different provinces and different mines, different logging settlements, for farmlands, those types of things, and use that to increase your funds to uphold your military. As you progress in terms of status, as you gain territory and fame, you also can appoint different administrators to watch over different areas that add benefits to your army and your faction, your dynasty. But yeah, it's all about resource management and destroying anyone who opposes you. <laughs> or through agreement, you can talk them into being your friends and to unify China that way. Now, one other thing that's really neat about this game is that you can actually play it in multiplayer. And one neat thing about multiplayer in this is if you decide to, when it comes to becoming emperors, you can actually choose to be allies and unify China together. So if you have a friend you don't really want to go up against, like my friend said to me, <laughs> because he's he thinks he'll get stomped, which, I, to be fair, I do play a lot more of these types of games, then you can unify China together. Uh, I mean, which, if you're already playing with somebody and you're already allies or helping each other out, I mean, it's not much different, but at least this way it creates the end game to follow that once it's agreed upon. Or you can just completely undermine each other and be enemies, which also works very well too. But again, I'm not going to have that experience with the, the friend I'm currently playing with because he's terrified he'll get rolled. Now, on top of city management and battles, you can also equip generals, different gear and also certain generals will become legendary at some point when they get to a point where they raise their stats so high whether it's through gear or just leveling up it's kind of rpg-ish in that way 
But there's certain skills that make them a better commander towards having archer units. There's certain ones that make them better in duels. And that sort of thing. There's some that make them better into administrators to where they're better for construction costs on cutting costs or lowering corruption for your settlements. So as an overall tactical-based game, this has a lot of it in there. Anybody who likes Civilization should consider checking out Total War if they like the idea of the battles. With that being said, I'm going to give it a rating, and I'm going to describe why the rating is a lot lower than you probably expect based on what I've already said. Again, I've already beaten the game once, got really close to beating it twice, and this is my third playthrough. And the reason why I'm going to rate it a 6 out of 10 is because there's some issues that I can see a general audience not liking. Now, firstly, I always touch base on bugs. This game has not had a whole lot of them in my experience. There has been one crash to desktop during the multiplayer game that we just started with my buddy and... I think it's because when it's his turn, I essentially close out of a notification that I think corrupts his notifications, and then when he closes out of it, it messes it up. We got past that point, we saved, we haven't had a problem since, and it was that notification thing. Kind of a downside that there's a bug at this point, and especially with how old the game is, I think it's around 2017? Actually, I lied. 2019. I guess it's not that old, but three years is still significant. Most of the bugs should be worked out, especially when it comes to multiplayer, because these types of games take a lot of time. And that's another thing I'm going to touch base on. If you're not a fan of always fighting battles, which can take anywhere from 10 minutes to 60 minutes or longer, depending upon how big the army is, this game can be a little tedious. There is an auto-resolve function that allows you to essentially resolve battles based on a numbers game and an AI decision. But even though it gives you positive results, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll walk away with as many troops as you would have if you had actually played it. There's obviously negatives that are thrown in. A player can typically be better than what a normal AI would compute a standard player to be. So sometimes you end up having to fight the battles even if you don't really want to. And because of this... It's a negative because you might only have 10 minutes to play and then you find out, oh man, I got to fight this 40 minute battle. I can quick save and quit, but then I got to come back and do it. And you might not want to fight that battle because it, it's one that you'll probably win and you know this, but it's also tedious where you're just kind of like, uh, especially towards the end of the game. This is something you can spend 30, 60 hours playing towards the end when you're destroying other factions. It feels like sometimes there's little point in playing because you're already going to win. You just have to go through the rest of the map to get to the Emperor Thrones of the other enemies and take them over, and it's just kind of tedious at that point. For me, anyway. So that is one obvious side effect, and again, the bugs, um, which a lot of people have reported different bugs. I, again, have only encountered this one, and it was playing multiplayer. It was on his end. Uh, I was the host. It wasn't affecting me, but it still crashed the game. I still had to load into it. Another thing that gives it lower points is that a lot of folks don't like the Creative Assembly's DLC practices. Now, what I mean by this, this game, I'm not 100% sure, but I think when this game released, there was a DLC released shortly thereafter or with it. Based if you pre-ordered it, I believe you got the DLC. But again, I'm not 100% sure. I'm fairly certain, but again, I don't I don't quote me on that. But there there is a DLC that is always notoriously added to these games post-release 
And that is the DLC to add graphical blood. It always releases when enemies die. They don't actually shed any type of blood or anything. Then later on, a DLC comes out that's like a blood and gore pack. I don't particularly mind that they do this, but they charge for it. And a lot of folks don't like that. Many people believe that the DLC should already be included, and it should just be an option to turn on and off based on the audience that's playing. I don't particularly mind it because... Based on the blood and gore, there is a lot of work that's done to it. However, I can see both sides. Furthermore, I don't really mind donating $3, which is usually what it runs, roughly, because it eventually, you know, helps the developer that I do like games from. I'd much rather have a developer like this charge $3 for a DLC for a worked DLC to be added, something that they actually put effort into, rather than see a one-year exclusive on an Epic Game Store, which I absolutely hate because it's, yes, the developer's trying to make some money off of that, which is, you know, their own decision, and it's up to them, of course. But I'm a Steam user, so I don't follow that type of stuff. And I hate the fact that I get to play it one year later, and no offense, that's not cool. I'd rather pay $3 for a DLC (laughs) instead of something like that. That is a tactic in business that I'm not a fan of. So I don't really mind that DLC aspect, but I can see as a general audience a lot of people disliking it, so that goes into kind of the score on this too. But yeah, overall, I highly recommend the game. I personally enjoy it enough to be more like an 8 or a a 7.5, but again, my rating is based off what I think the general audience would kind of see it as, plus my opinion. So it gets a 6 out of a 10, which is still a lot better than one that I did over a year ago called Epic Manager. (laughs) <laughs> and uh i think i also reviewed kenshi uh really low too which still deserves it sorry but yeah uh check this game out again total war three kingdoms i actually recommend all the total war series they have warhammer ones they have rome total war they also have uh i think they had a napoleon one at one point and and a medieval based total war game as well but yeah that'll sum up this episode again six out of a ten If you enjoyed the show, please like and review. Also, give me a follow, please. That'd be fantastic. It looks like I might have some success in getting this bi-weekly release, so fingers crossed this will not just be a second episode that comes out on time and then be the end of it. I used to say what game was coming next, but honestly, I have no idea. (laughs) I do know that a game that is coming down the line in the future is going to be called The Wandering Village. It's one that's coming out on early access a week after this recording so it'll already be out by the time you hear this because it releases on the 14th but i do plan on doing a review of that i've backed it on kickstarter long ago and i'm happy to see it finally come to fruition so i do know that'll come in the future but again other than that i'm not sure what other game will be next but yes i do hope that you'll return and you'll enjoy the next episode regardless of what the game is and i hope to see you there thank you very much (music) 